The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks again for joining us here on Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a, uh, a fun program for you today. Have uh, two uh, guests, one that you have not met before and one that you've met many times. And uh, that would be Ed Meyer is going to be our guest handicapper. And uh, Ed also is going to uh, unveil a, uh, a new part of his life that's going to happen. So that should be very interesting. Uh, the races uh, we're going to break down out on the West Coast. Uh, this race, as one other that we're going to be handicapping, will be run tomorrow. And it's the Grade 3 Last Tycoon, mile and eighth on the turf at Santa Anita, and then also tomorrow, so we can get your weekend off to a quick start with some winners, I hope, we'll go to Keeneland, mile and a half, the Dixiana Elkhorn, of course, things closing up at Keeneland, and then things opening up at Churchill Downs, the Derby Trial brought together a very interesting field, so Ed and I will be talking Derby and handicapping those races. We'll also review the races that uh, we handicapped with Rich Ng last week, and he gave us one that was a real nice price. Hope you had it. Our uh, our first guest is going to be jockey agent Jeff Perrin, uh, who's from down under, uh, but since then has uh, transferred to the U.S., and he is now a jockey agent. Um, he's mostly operated in the Midwest. Uh, one of the riders he has is Peruvian rider Edgar Paukar, who together they have teamed up to win over 2,500 races. And just like Ed has some late-breaking news, Jeff Perrin is going to give us some late-breaking news. So you're going to be sitting on the edge of your seat for this edition of Winning Ponies. All right, let's start off with some good news. Zenyatta delivered an Easter chick. That's right. Her third foal, a filly by popular young sire Warfront, was born on Easter, just after the strike of midnight. Uh, of course, Zenyatta now, she's, she's 10 years old. She boards at Lane's End uh, since her retirement from racing in 2010. Now, she has a two-year-old colt that's in training called Cosmic One, and uh, she also has a Tappet yearling called Zaconic. So uh, Zenyatta, of course, was a 2010 Horse of the Year and champion older female three consecutive years, won 19 of her 20 starts. Uh, just amazing, 13 grade one victories. She retired with earnings of over $7 million. Of course, the only loss, her final run through the stretch at Churchill Downs, missing by a fast-closing head, to blame in the Breeders' Cup Classic. So Zenyatta, 
uh, still doing well and uh, producing very well. Of course, Warfront's very hot. Uh, he stands for 150000 My guess is, though, the Mosses will be keeping this uh, horse. Um, good and bad news. The bad news is Larry Jones was injured. He uh, was hurt when he was thrown from a two-year-old, I believe, at Delaware Park, and uh, he fell on his head, and there was uh, bleeding on the brain. He also suffered two fractured ribs and had a bruised lung. Uh, that was during training again at Delaware. Good news is he was released from Delaware Hospital on Tuesday, only three days after the injury. And there says that he's resting comfortably in his own bed in Newark, Delaware, and everybody's happy to be home. So, uh, you know, good luck. If you ever had a chance to meet him, he is just the classiest guy in the world. Of course, uh, the top horses he's known for are... Arvide de Grasse, if I'm ever going to pronounce that right, the 2011 Horse of the Year. And he won the Kentucky Oaks twice with Proud Spell and Believe You Can. And finished second in the Kentucky Derby with Hard Spun and Eight Bells. Uh, he was at the fairgrounds, and now he just moved his stable to Delaware. Okay, now for some news a little bit on the downside. I believe the pre-derby favorite uh, a couple weeks ago in the final bet was Cairo Prince. He is now scheduled for ankle surgery. Of course, uh, he won the uh, the Holy Bull Stakes in impressive fashion. Uh, he's going to have a chip taken out tomorrow in Lexington. And trainer Karen McLaughlin says that uh, he believes that he could return for a late summer, early autumn campaign. So uh, that'll be uh, very interesting. Hope he makes it back. Um, that pioneer of the now Colt was declared off the road to the Kentucky Derby with an issue in his left front. So he's going to be off to Rude and Riddle. And uh, if all goes well, again, they hope that he'll have a successful campaign. You may recall uh, Cairo Prince broke his maiden impressively at Saratoga. Then he won the, the grade two Nashua Stakes as a two-year-old and was just beaten in the Remsen Stakes. Then he came back and he, he won the Holy Bull at Gulfstream in his three-year-old debut, but missed the Fountain of Youth for uh, training reasons and then ended up fourth in the Florida Derby. So we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, sad to say, uh, Paul Redham's bondholder, who at one time was a contender on the road to the Kentucky Derby, lost his battle with laminitis. We've been reporting over the months um, that uh, he was shipping in for the Risen Star and had a bumpy plane ride. Whether or not that had that had anything to do with, with, with the foot, we're not sure. Uh, last year, uh, he took the front-runner stakes at grade one at Santa Anita over eventual bluegrass winner, Dance with Fate. Um, then he was fourth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and that was the final start of his career uh, was the cash call futurity where he finished fourth. So, uh said for the connections of Bond Holder. Um, in breeding news, we lost two classic horses, but basically to, to old age, no, no, no problems there. And uh, the champion sprinter safely kept, those of you that remember her, uh, she has been euthanized near Midway, Kentucky due to old age. She was 28 years old. You may recall that she returned, she earned the Eclipse Award as the nation's outstanding sprinter in 1989, she won the Grade 1 Test, the Grade 2 Priris, and the Grade 2 Genuine Risk. Uh, in 1990, she won seven stakes races and concluded the season with a memory victor, victory over De Jure in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I think you all recall, I believe that was the day that De Jure jumped the shadow. Nonetheless, the girl got it done safely 
capped. Uh, she also had three consecutive victories in the Grade 3 Garden State Breeders' Cup. So uh, another old ager that uh, passed away. What a great horse uh, for the jump set. Flatterer died at 35 years old. That's right, four times he was the champion steeplechase horse. And at 35, he was the oldest living Eclipse Award winner and Thoroughbred Hall of Famer. He died just earlier this week. Um, he, he died in Pennsylvania. He was a Pennsylvania bred, and he, w- he was bred by his trainer, Jonathan Shepard, um, in, in partnership uh, w- with uh, uh, Mr. Pape. And for the past 25 years, he's resided at Pape's farm. And uh, he did do some dressage work at, at Flatterer, Four-time champion, no longer with us. All right, let's take a quick look at the NTRA top thoroughbred poll. On top, it is Wise Dan. And right behind him is Will Take Charge. And behind him, Palace Malice. Those three very close in the balloting. Fourth on the list is Game on Dude. Fifth is Leah. Sixth, Mucho Macho Man. Uh, Then the very impressive Beholder. California Chrome, probably the Derby favorite, close hatches, and winning prize. Now, if we're just talking three-year-olds, then California Chrome shoots to the top. Behind him, Wicked Strong, Hopportunity, Samurat, Wildcat Red, Danza, Upsetter, Victors in Trouble, Intense Holiday, and Untappable. On the bottom is Candy Boy, who Gary Stevens will have as his mount in the Kentucky Derby. So uh, it'll be very interesting. I've been reading a lot of different columns. A lot of people believing that uh, California Chrome is the one to beat in the Derby. Uh, it'll be interesting. been a long time, I believe, since the California bred has won, and his last race was an absolute romp. But uh, therein lies the problem, some say, for California Chrome. A romp in a three-year-old's final derby prep race has not translated into a derby win over the past quarter of a century. Now, one Kentucky Derby winner has won his previous race in a romp, which is considered a race won by more than five lengths. But there's been plenty of them that have done it. Uh, you may recall in recent time, uh, Bodie Meister came out of the Arkansas Derby, won by nine and a half lengths. Uh, uh, Parisian Fire won the Louisiana Derby by seven and a quarter. Uh, eventual Horse of the Year, Curlin, came out of the Arkansas Derby by ten and a half. Uh, he ended up running third in, in, in the Derby. Uh, then we had the Bluegrass Stakes winner, Sinister Minister, won by 12 and three quarter. He ended up 16th in the Derby. Uh, Bellamy Road, Wood Memorial, what a race that was, smashing it by 17 and a half lengths, favored in the Derby, ended up running seventh. Then there was a Fleet Alex, another Arkansas Derby winner. He won by eight, ended up third in the Derby. And uh, some other big names you may recall, Empire Maker, who uh, almost won by 10 in the Florida Derby. He ended up second as the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Point Given came out of the Santa Anita Derby by five and a half. He was the favorite, and he finished fifth. So crushing your competition just before the Kentucky Derby does not ensure a win. That uh, we found from those statistics. Very interesting. Nonetheless, most do believe that California Chrome will go off the favorite in the first Saturday in May. Well, uh, one of the top uh, trainers on the, on the West Coast 
is Mike Mitchell, and he's going to step down and uh, turn the operation over to his longtime assistant, Phil D'Amato. Of course, uh, Mitchell has been a mainstay on the Southern California circuit for 40 years. He's won over 2,600 races and over $67 million. You may recall we reported a while back that he underwent surgery to remove a brain tumor last year. They say he's winning his fight against cancer, but it's really given a new perspective, and he wants to you know, spend more time with uh, the people he likes and not a whole barn full of horses. Uh, something we'll find out and talk about with Ed later in the show on the Derby trial is that Cheetu is going to skip the Derby trial. He's going to go in the Kentucky Derby. So uh, uh, Bob Baffert did enter him along with Bayern, and uh, so Cheetu is going to be in. Uh, it looks like Martin Garcia, who rode Cheetu to victory in the Sunland Derby, is going to get the call. So uh, Bayern, we do believe, is probably going to go in the Derby trial. He's, I believe, 23rd on the list to get in the Derby. And uh, he, uh, uh, as much as Baffert would like to get him in there, odds are he's got to make a decision. I think he's going to end up going in the in the Derby trial. Um, Julian Le Peru and Mark Cassie, looks like they're going to go away with the top spots at the Keeneland meet that closes out on Friday, and earlier today, we had a graded stakes win. Intimidal Romance came charging from out of the clouds, didn't look like it had a chance, and got up at 14-1 to 1 in the grade three bewitch at Keeneland. If you get a chance, go up and check that race out. It was very impressive. Well, uh, let's take a look at some of last week's uh, races. Of course, uh, uh, two-time champion Beholder won her 2014 debut in the Santa Lucia Stakes at Santa Anita last Sunday, and she's going to get a little bit of a race. Very impressive. Okay, I talked about the big score we had last week. That was Rich Ng in the Hawthorne Derby. He went with Dynamic Impact over the odds on choice Midnight Hawk. Dynamic Impact won the race, uh, won by a nose, and ended up paying 2120. And if you had the exacta with the favorite, you collected $38. Nice hit, Rich. Then at Keeneland, it was the Coolmore Lexington. We got a nice three-year-old on the path. He won't be going to this derby. He's going to be going to the Belmont Derby. Mr. Speaker, trained by Suge McGahee, ridden by Jose Lescano, just blew them away in the Coolmore Lexington. A promising horse of Todd Pletcher's. Divine Oath was off a little bit slow. He ended up running second. Keep an eye out for Divine Hope. I was at the race, and I was impressed. And Frack Daddy, uh, who's now four years old, he was on the uh, uh, Derby Trail, ended up finishing 16th in the Derby last year, uh, is bouncing back now. Second start in 2014, took home the grade three Ben Ali for trainer Kenny McPeak. And at Aqueduct, it was wire to wire in the distaff handicap for La Verdad, who was a slight favorite. All right, that's a look at last week's races, the national news. Coming up next, Jeff Perrin, jockey agent extraordinaire. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Two point eight seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. 
From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, uh, a gentleman that I've known for many years, back in the days of the regular guy television show, he would be a, a guest with me. He's been a, a successful jockey agent in the Midwest for a while now. Well, I'll ask him for how many years. Uh, but you will notice when in the interview starts that uh, he's uh, Australian. He hails from Sydney. And uh, right now, one of the top riders that he has is Edgar Powcar, who together those guys have teamed up to win over 2,500 races. Quite a record and to say something about the longevity between a trainer and an outstanding jockey. You see so much of the musical chairs that goes on in the world of horse racing with guys hiring and firing agents, and it's good to see uh, two of them stay together and have so much success. So with nothing more to say from me, I want to introduce you to Jeff Perrin. Jeff, how are you doing? John, I'm great, mate. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Well, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I've always found you a very engaging individual. It was good to see you the other day. But, you know, what I've never really, I guess, quizzed you on is uh, how does one come from uh, Sydney, Australia, um, and bring with him uh, the, the talent to be a jockey agent? Did you, did you start with the horses down there? I know they're a very horse-centric country. Or did, uh, did you get involved in the game after you got to the U.S.? Well, as in, as in most young people in Australia, uh, horse racing is prevalent. It's over the news every day. There are TABs on every street corner, and we all grow up watching the Melbourne Cup. It's kind of what we call the race that stops a nation. So I was always a fan of horse racing, but when I got to America, <clears throat> I married a young lady whose father had been owning and breeding thoroughbreds for many, many years. So as soon as he said he had a horse in at the track, I'm like, hey, I want to go. So that was about 23 years ago. 
and that was with Bill Snedeker, who just happens to still have thoroughbreds with Bell Helmbrecht. So uh, that's kind of what, what got me started here in America. And then Bill and I later on became partners in some horses that did very well. You know, and they say that horse racing is one of those incurable diseases. <laughs> Once you're in, you're in. Now, the, the transition from ownership to having a career as a successful jockey agent. Um, tell, me, tell me about the, the early years and, and, and how you developed, how you, how you learned about it, because it's nothing uh, certainly that you develop overnight. Yeah, it's not like you could go to school to become a jockey agent, but if you, um, you know, certainly have passion for the game, if you have just a little bit of a knack about why horses should run well in, in certain races at certain distances, in certain class levels and certain conditions, um, when you're even handicapping a race, you can use some of those attributes to decide where you get your jockeys committed. Um, I was uh, roommates with John Costanzo, who had some of the top agents at Beulah Park, and those jockeys were riding my horses. He came back from the meet at Canterbury saying that he couldn't handle uh, Georgie Guerra anymore because his brother was coming in town and he was obligated. So he said, why don't you take Georgie? Well, here all of a sudden I became the agent for the jockey that rode all of my horses. <laughs> and uh, luck just had it. Georgie won that meet. And I suppose they say the rest is history, and that goes back 12 years ago. Now, uh, I've always had the utmost respect for for all the riders that, that uh, come out of uh, the Peruvian Jockey School. But I've got to say, right. I, I've had the chance on a personal basis to, to observe um, the work ethic of one yes. Edgar Paukar. Uh, tell me a little about, yes. about your relationship with him and the fact that you guys have stuck together so long. Well, we've been together, I think, for ten, around about 10 years. And he was galloping horses and riding um, out there at some of the fairs in New England. And he got to know a guy called Vernon Bush, who had had previous success on the Ohio circuit. And Vernon sure. said, listen, Edgar, why don't you go ahead and head out to Buell Park in Grove City? I think you'd fit there. And uh, Edgar came. I was introduced to him through Marco Camati, one of his fellow Peruvians and a fellow graduate from that great Peruvian jockey school. And uh, I finally had a spot open for him. And uh, Marco decided to go to Mountaineer Park after a successful year where we won 200 with Billy Johnson. So I had that spot open. And, uh, you know, we just kind of got on a roll. He, uh, he's a hard worker. He's a great young man, very personable. Is 110% at every moment, and I think that's what the trainers truly appreciate. So, you know, it's been a great thing. You know, you look at a model sort of thing in Ohio, like Perry Utes and uh, Jamie Fowler. I think they might even be 20 or 25 years, and I think Edgar and I just going into our 10th year. So it's been a great, uh, great business relationship. I'm good friends with his wife. I was there when his twin boys were born, so it's worked very well. Yeah, I've got a great shot of him holding his twin boys when they're about eight months old in, in the winter circle. Well, yes. uh, t t tell me this. As one that has, and you've always had very popular riders, how do you handle the, the nuances when you're named on a couple of horses in a race and you've got to make the decision over one trainer that you developed a relationship versus another trainer that either you're starting to develop a relationship or you already have? How does, how does one balance that without ticking anybody off? Well, I, I think you balance that, John, by ideally understanding where your business is before it comes in. And, and as an agent, you certainly don't want to get any what we call surprises at the draw, where one of your clients might have at the last minute gone ahead and entered a horse that potentially was entered in another racetrack or jurisdiction and didn't get in. But if you're able to forecast accordingly 
and able to be in a position to enter most of your horses, then you're always going to know where you are. And I think as long as you communicate effectively, uh, you're up front with people, let them know that this is a possible scenario, might be the only reason I couldn't ride your horse, and you've just got to try to be as fair as possible. I mean, you can only ride one horse each race with one jockey, but you've got to do your best to uh, do your due diligence for your jockey. Um, sometimes there will be occasions where you can't ride what you perceive to be the best horse in the race, but there will be other factors that determine you sticking with that horse. It might be that you ride 25 or 30 horses for this particular trainer. He's a high-percentage trainer. You don't want to take up a certain horse because you know that it's a prep for a bigger race in three weeks. So there are intangibles that will, you know, constantly affect that process. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like no two days are the same in horse racing. All right. Well, we, we, we spoke about it uh, the other day when I, when I met you at, at the track. And yeah. I'm going to let you break the news that uh, you are going to be uh, coming to North America's newest racetrack, uh, Belterra Park, not only with Edgar Paukar, but with a jockey who six times has been ranked in the top 50 jockeys in North America, and three of those times he was in the top 30 jockeys in North America. Let the public know who your new rider is. Well, my new rider for the upcoming inaugural Belterra meet He'll be back at the river. He's one of the best thing riders you ever did see. He's back at the river. He's Johnny McKee. Ah, yes. I remember that diddy very, very well. Well, uh, for our, our audience uh, that's uh, not around the Midwest or hasn't been paying attention over the last decade, uh, Johnny McKee, his dad was, was, was a jockey on the Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky Circuit. His name was David McKee, and uh, John used to admire all the photos that his dad brought back. And uh, he, he ended up getting Eddie Campbell as his first agent. And right. Eddie Campbell ironically, was the agent for, that launched Steve Cawthon. He had Cawthon uh, back in uh, his opening days at none other than a track by the name of River Downs. And Steve Cawthon, of course, was not only the leading apprentice that year, but he was the leading rider at River Downs. And wow. what I believe Johnny is most, most famous for is the fact that uh, he broke... Steve Cawthon's record at River Downs as leading apprentice and for number of wins. Uh, that That's pretty awesome company to be in, Jeff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just as we walked at Belterra last week, that fact came back up again. And uh, and they did have the same agent, didn't they, John? Yes, yes, Eddie Campbell. Same believe, agent, yeah, launched I, them both yeah. about 25 years thought, apart. Yeah, and then I believe Steve Cawthon went on to be the regular ride. Was it for Seattle Slough? Uh, no, that was affirmed, and he was the last Triple Crown winner. He was he was the jockey for affirmed and the last Triple Crown winner. Wow! So that was good company to be with, no doubt about it. So yeah, yeah. So I'm very very excited. John and I have been chit chatting on and off for a couple of years, and he's thrilled to come back home. Like I said, to the place where it all started. Uh, he's been well received by people, knowing that that he'll be back. And I think it's uh, as the whole new direction and future of racing in that area. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like there's so. there's there, nothing but growth. And just to remind people that uh, after that that great year he he had at River Downs, uh, John McKee went on to to win riding titles at at, at Turfway Park, 
Churchill Downs, and Oakland Park. Uh, he's ridden uh, at least 11 graded stakes winners that I know of, and he won the Arkansas Derby aboard Lawyer Ron. Uh, Lawyer Ron, he rode in the Kentucky Derby, although there's a lot of traffic that year. Yeah. And uh, he's a rider that's ridden in... Uh, Three Kentucky Derbies. I don't think there's going to be too many guys in the Belterra Park jocks room that can say that. No, he'll probably be the only jock, like you said, John, in the jockey room that has uh, won 11 graded stakes and, and ridden in three Kentucky Derbies. So that's certainly, you know, for an aspiring young jockey, that's uh, that's the, the 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 top of the of the mountain. Uh, only one thing more top of the mountain than I suppose is winning the race. But you got to be in it to win it. Well, you know, I, you know, I had a chance to, to see John the other day, and he, he basically just said, hey, I just want to get back to winning. Uh, as, as we know, with the, uh, the fact that casinos are popping up in Ohio, we're going to see purses swell. I, I think you, you've really placed your, yourself and both of your riders in an excellent spot to, uh, to get a toehold on the market that I think has amazing growth potential. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you know, the, it's been a tough go the last couple of years for a lot of the Ohio horsemen. Only the strong kind of survived, so it's great for all of the, the agents, the trainers, the assistant trainers, the grooms, and everything attached to the whole sport. That, uh, you know, it's beyond light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's far better than that. So, yeah, just very exciting for myself, my jockeys, and, and, and everybody else. Well, uh, we were talking with Jeff Perrin, uh, who's a, a, an agent for both Edgar Powell and now John McKee. It's going to be a great homecoming, and uh, I look I look forward to, uh, to to seeing you a little more often than I than I have in the past. And I think you're going to do great with that dynamic duo. Well, John, I appreciate it, I'm, and I certainly appreciate you giving me this platform to kind of uh, let that out that Johnny McKee will be back at the river. All right. Well, late-breaking news, you only hear it right here. And we've got more late-breaking news coming up in our next segment with Ed Meyer. So Johnny McKee, uh, the finest young rider I ever did see. He's down by the river. He's Johnny McKee. He's coming back. It's going to be called Belterra Park. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, a voice you are certainly familiar with, the former host of this show, and probably if you counted guest appearances, whether it was when we were doing the regular guy show on television or doing Winning Ponies, he's been the most regular guest as my co-host, the one, the only, the man I admire, admire. Good evening, John. What's happening? Well, uh, it was fun uh, talking uh, with Jeff Perrin. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like we're putting the band back together. It's like uh, rewinding time here in Cincinnati. Well, your man Johnny McKee coming into town is big news. And and for those that used to follow Johnny, he's as honest as the day is long. Uh, you, you get your money's worth with him in the saddle. Not not that any other rider doesn't present, uh, you know, the same qualifications. But Johnny's just got something special. He's got a little spark in his step. And, uh, right. and and somebody else that, that that's got something special that I know has some spark in his step is, is you, Admire. And I I can't I can't keep it inside anymore. Uh, the people that listen to Winning Ponies are familiar with you. Uh, you've done many, many things in thoroughbred racing. I want to break the story here and now with your words. Ed, what are you going to be doing in the weeks ahead? John, I have the honor and privilege I'm going to be the announcer race caller at the new Belterra Park. Yes, yes. Did you hear that, folks? We're putting the band back together. And it's going to be great working with you again. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the pluses. I get to see your smiling face and, and be around uh, some folks that I haven't seen for such a long time. And, and more so, John, the players. I, I really miss being around horse players that, that thoroughly love the game, and I know they're going to enjoy the facility. Well, I, I, I can tell you, anybody that comes, and we'll be talking more about it next week when, when the uh, racing's newest track opens up, uh, Belterra Park. But uh, just so people know, this isn't uh, the first time Ed fell off the, the turnip truck. Uh, there was a, a time uh, at the Old River Downs where one of our announcers had a situation where he had to leave the position, and at, like a trooper, Ed stepped right in and took over for him, and all I could say is he got better day by day by day and then really just started having fun with it. And he didn't forget what he learned because uh, over the winter at Turfway Park, Ed uh, sometimes substituted for uh, the legendary Mike Battaglia, and I'm telling you what, people were looking up at the press box going, who is that? I love this guy, and that guy was Ed Meyer. So you're not coming in here wet behind the ears, Ed. You know, John, it's it's been a lot of fun. And any time you work in racing, it's not like we're, we're we're mining for coal or we're carrying rocks up a hill. This is the greatest game alive. If you're a horse racing fan, and to have the opportunity to be able to to talk horses, to be able to to really put some emphatic uh, excitement. I am a two-dollar player. I started off a two-dollar player. I came from the parking lot as a young man. This is a dream come true for this horse player. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, your, your calls are, your, are energetic. You, you know the sport from all sides. As you know, I'm sure the track will be tapping you for some uh, handicapping seminars. And you're also going to be the, uh, the odds maker there, too, correct? Looking forward to that. You know, I've, I've really been looking at other tracks and, and some of the best out there. One in particular that I'm really fond of is uh, John White from the, from, the, uh, from the West Coast. And I, and I like to have I've read voraciously on, on methods to the madness. And, and I'm really, really trying to hone it down and uh, familiarize myself back with the Ohio product. I, I cannot wait to actually put it up there. Hopefully uh, that uh, all it is is a, is a guesstimation of where the, the public is actually going to be uh, wagering on the horses and where there will be a post time when they break. It's not necessarily who the track handicapper or odds maker actually uh, selects in the race, but in fact it's just kind of giving your best guesstimation on how the public is going to be wagering. All right. Well, listen, before we get, get to our handicapping, I, I don't know if you were able to tap in uh, earlier on, on the show, but uh, let's, uh, let's just talk a little bit of, of, of Derby here. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, everybody's saying right now if the race was tomorrow, California Chrome would be, would be their pick. Uh, Dick Girardi, a guy that you turned me on to, uh, just wrote a column about it today. And, you know, everybody's touting California Chrome, but what's interesting is, the horses that have bounced after romp races, uh, let me just run down some of the names that, that ended up being the, the favorite or co-favorite in the Derby. Uh, Bodie Meister, Curlin, Bellamy Road, A Fleet Alex, Empire Maker, Point Given, Unbridled Song, Skip Away. These were all horses that had humongous races just before the Derby, and they ended up not being at the wire first after a mile and a quarter. What's your read on what everybody is saying is racing's new superstar, California Chrome? I think Chrome is really something special. And in my opinion, John, I'm going to try to stay away. I just think that there was no test. I think horses, colts, geldings, affiliates, whomever is actually going to be in the starting gate that day, I think there has to be a test. These last two races, California Chrome just romped. And if ever there was a bounce factor, that is a big question mark. Uh, th- th- that's, that's right in the for- front and foremost of my mind. But, in fact, with all of the speed in there, there's going to be 20. They zigzag in and out, put you in the box, the flying V coming over on you. There's so many things that happen during the, the, the greatest two minutes in sports, John. I don't think it's going to be that California Chrome conducive race where he just gets it all his own way. You know, and, and again, uh, you know, we saw, I believe it was Pioneer of the Nile, perhaps. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If he draws the one or two hole, he's going to have to really be pressed hard to make that lead. And if he goes into that turn eat, eating a bunch of dust or mud, it changes everything. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it Ferdinand the, the last one horse that actually won? Um, you know, I don't have that stat in front of me, but you may be, you may be, you may be correct. But I had my two dollars on the draw the one or that he that has. I'm just saying, and it was the it, great Bill Shoemaker. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. I was there, baby. I was there. I got photos, photos to prove it. To prove it, so. too, young man. Uh, now, um, of the other horses, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you my 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 pick because from what I've been seeing, they say this horse is going to be a long shot, uh, which <laughs> I find hard to believe. And uh, it's Candy Boy. Uh, you know, I just think. As much in the zone as Gary Stevens is, 
and is probably the number of perhaps choices that he could have had of horses uh, coming into this race. He is he is sticking with this with this Candy Boy. That's a huge tip for me. Plus, Candy Boy, if you go back and look at his speed figures, he has improved race by race by race by race. Now, I know he got he got tied up in a little bit of a speed duel in his last time. He, he didn't catch a California Chrome, but he was coming off a long layoff. I think he really needed that race. And with, with his pedigree versus California Chrome, I think this horse is suited to a mile and a quarter. And, man, to get him at, at double-digit odds would be great. Uh, who's your up pick? You know, at this first time, of, and I know it can change during the week. Oh my goodness! It would have changed by the hour with uh, with the works and the, the final preps. And and I, my first pick was actually Constitution John. He was the first one on the shelf uh, as far as marquee runners. But in fact, I think your 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 selection really holds a lot of water. If if you're judged by the company you keep, there was actually a wonderful article about grading the final Derby preps. And right at the very top with an A was the Santa Anita Derby and California Chrome won handily. In fact, tossed that race. Candy Boy, as, as I like to say, is as tough as a nickel steak. And if you get a big price on Candy Boy, I can, I can see your price. For me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really stuck between two horses. I, I, I love Intense Holiday, the son of Harlan's Holiday, whom you, you saw run as, as a youngster. Uh, he showed some fine late kick. Uh, uh, you know, against Cairo Prince, Wicked Strong, Honor Code. His effort in the Risen Star, John, was, was an incredibly solid race. Stretch at Louisiana Derby. I don't know what that erratic second place to, to Vicker was all about as he was the odds on favorite, but he was under a hammerlock, intense holiday was, going 48 and 4, made a quick move of the quarter pole. Everything that I've ever read. You must be within one to two lengths as they straighten away from home, as Silky Sullivan would have one heck of a time making his way down the uh, long Churchill stretch. You have to be a few lengths right at the, at, at the last quarter and, and to really make your move. If you think about it, as last year when Orb made his sweeping move, it was right inside the quarter pole and then they cruise right on. But I'm going to stick with Intense Holiday right now, and right behind him is Hopportunity as, as far as that. But you know what? Uh, for giggles, I'm throwing in your horse because I love Gary Stevens at a price, and I'm, I'm assuming that he's still going to be aboard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he is. And I mean, that, that's a, that's would, would you have ever thought you could 20-year to one on him? Pardon? Would you ever have envisioned? And now I'm hearing the same that Candy Boy could be just dismissed. He'd just fall between the cracks. I mean, would you have ever thought you might be getting high in the double digits on Candy Boy? So I heard it rumored today he could go off at twenty to one. <laughs> I, I could only hope so because he's going to be in a big fat exacta for me, my friend. <laughs> Well, I certainly hope so. Well, I'll tell you what, Ed, we got three race races to break down. I don't want to jump into one and not give it enough time. Um, we'll, we'll, let's take a little bit of a break here. Uh, you, 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 you know the routine. And then we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk derby trial first. And then hopefully we'll get in the, uh, the huge field of the Elkhorn. And then uh, we'll take a look if we can get it in at the last tycoon at Santa Anita. So we're talking with new track announcer added to his resume, Ed Meyer, handicapper extraordinaire. You are listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. The 
tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, of course, one of my favorite people and one of the best handicappers I know, Mr. Ed Meyer. We're going to break down the Derby trial. Of course, it's a grade three at a mile just a week before the Kentucky Derby. There'll be some changes this year. Um, One change will be it's going to be a night race, and the other change is you probably will miss about a furlong of the race because of the new 16-story television screen at Churchill Downs. What do you think about that, Ed? I think it's going to be incredible to see, especially at night. I, since 1875, they've been uh, kicking it there when it was nothing but uh, farmland around. I mean, if you were to step in the uh, the Michael J. Fox time machine up here and say, "What the heck is this?" I cannot wait to see this. It looks like it, it looks like a monster. I I think it's going to be really cool. I wonder if any of the houses around there are going to start to do like a Wrigley Field thing and like do a rooftop. <laughs> I never thought about that. And that's you a know, good idea. 16 you know, stories right? high, you can see everything right in front of you, you know? <laughs> I, that's, it, you know, we could get the rooftop seating there and uh, right, at, right at the three-ace pole. I, I think that'd be prime real estate. All right, well, we, we discussed off the air, and probably a lot of our listeners already know that uh, Baffert had uh, co-entered a couple of horses in the, in the Derby and the Derby trial, and he has confirmed that uh, she, too, will be scratched. Quite frankly, this is a horse I've, I've always kind of been Im- impressed with, uh, finished right with Candy Boy uh, in the uh, Robert B. Lewis uh, back in February, and then came back and won the Sunland Park Derby pretty impressively. Uh, Martin Garcia was aboard. Uh, Joel Rosario will get the call on uh, what well, was supposed to get the call, and I believe he's moving back to Garcia for the Derby. So she, too, is in. He was hoping that Bayern, if I'm saying that right, uh, who's sitting at 23 in the points list would get in. I would say this would be a pretty good spot for, for Bayern, particularly since, quite frankly, Ed, uh, this is not a prep for the Derby. It's a prep for the Preakness. 
I, th- I think so, John. And actually, uh, just the late-breaking uh, television uh, coverage, of, you know, the inside information, the inside uh, peek at what's happening, I, I would agree. Uh, this is a second start off a layoff. Uh, it was a nice run in the, uh, the Arkansas Derby. But in fact, it has, uh, this call by Awfully Wild has that, uh, one, that one stamp of, you know, hesitate, you know, if he actually would make his way in the derby. It has blinkers on. Equipment changes heading into the derby, on or off, are usually a sign of uncertainty. Usually by now, they know what direction they're taking. That's a good point, but you remember a, uh, that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if he, uh, you know, 2nd of 46 on April 21st, I'm thinking maybe he had those blinkers on, Ed, and you know how much I love that angle. Oh, I, I do, and if you're referring to Garrett Gomez's horse when they actually uh, uh, on and off with the blinkers and uh, didn't show speed, then showed, and then there's, oh, my goodness, so why couldn't we have tossed this horse in, in, in our super factors and we never would have saw it coming. But, you know, Bayern, to me, John, looks like go, going back to a one-turn mile, Rosie drawing the rail for, for Bob. Uh, and, in fact, there, there's a beautiful, a beautiful work on April 21st. Uh, it's 47 and 3. So, He's had a he's had a trip over the track in the morning. Bayern, for me, if you know, with everything uh, pointing forward, and, I, and I'm looking to the Preakness for Bayern. I'm going to keem over uh, the four friends with K Mill with Kenta Sormo, who usually does uh, pretty well in Louisville, and the six embellishing Bob, who just broke us, made it impressively. I went back and watched the race, uh, the fairgrounds, impressive race, and the ten. That's myositis Dan at five to one. Joe Rocco, who's who's having a very nice year for Tom Proctor, who's usually a turf trainer, uh, but, but no, he, he knows his way around the ovals. I, I won't even begin there, but I, I, to me, John, it's all Bayern. And uh, this is a horse that has never run on synthetic, so obviously dirt seems to be his preferred distance, and should he stick with the, uh, the, the last two legs of the Triple Crown, uh, that's what, uh, that's what he'll, be, he'll be racing on. Of course, you know, my favorite angle is a good work after an equipment change, and you pointed that April 21st work at Churchill, uh, 47-3, and second best of 46. Uh, Rosie, who's in kind of his zone right now, doing very well. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, the the, uh, the bullseye is on Bayern's back here. Um, I, the only question mark for me and a horse that I think could be upset perhaps at a price, uh, if he can throw out the Florida Derby of spot, now that this horse has moved to the barn of Nick Zito, very, very dangerous. And uh, spot doesn't get a bad uh, jock switch here with a guy by the name of Johnny Velasquez. Nick Zito was unhappy, I had heard, completely with uh, with the poly track, and he was probably one of the first to light up a good uh, uh, a good cigar, uh, uh, as, as uh, the Boston Celtics coach uh, Red Auerbach would have uh, been first to light up that cigar when he heard that they were going back to dirt. Nick Zito's been, uh, been kind of quiet. I think he's looking for a spot, and if there's a guy that can upset the apple cart, I'll take two shares of Nick Zito. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe you, could, you can put a line uh, through through the... Uh the Florida Derby and, and see if this source doesn't get a wake up call at, at Churchill Downs. Well, let's uh, let's go to the closing day at what's always a successful meet. They've had a great one. They've had great weather uh, right down the road from where you live in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, at Keeneland. So nice to see a overflow field uh, trying to get into 
the uh, Dixiana Elkhorn. It's a grade two. Go in the rare distance of a mile and a half. And to get 14 horses that wanted to get in there, that's it's pretty interesting. And I, I think the favorite, uh, Temerain, is five to one. So, uh, boy, I, I know you'd like to bet a favorite that's going to pay $12 to win, Ed. Um, it does look to me like Tom Proctor's holding a heavy hand. He not only has Temerain, but he's got old-time hockey uh, on the inside coming off two straight wins. Uh, one of them being uh, Tampa's uh, Turf Classic. Uh, what do you think? I think the two Proctor horses that are running uncoupled uh, can be very dangerous in here. And don't forget, you also have in here Optimizer. But I got a question mark by that D. Wayne Lucas trainee. You know, anytime you see Tom Proctor on the turf, for me, he becomes part of the exact, especially when he's on the left coast with Drayden Van Dyke, uh, who he's actually bringing along uh, very, at a, at very sharply at a very young age. Uh, I, I took a look at Timorain. I took a look uh, at about three or four others. John, I've talked to handicappers up and down the road, and everybody's come out with the same report. And it's kind of odd when everybody says the same thing. This has been one of the toughest meets to handicap at Keeneland, and actually I'm going to bet with my heart versus my head, and I'm going to go with Unitarian. J.J. Castellano is one of the best riders, in my opinion. Uh, he leads, leads the uh, nation as far as wins, money. He's winning 20% at Keeneland for Todd Pletcher, and I'm going to go back to that last race, which is the Fairgrounds Handicap at Grade 3. It was a mile and an eighth, but I know we're going to go a mile and a half, but if anybody can pull this out, it's going to be Castellano, and this colt by Pulpit is one for one at the distance, yet to actually run over the, the hallowed grounds of Keeneland. I know the distance isn't going to be a problem, and I'm a Castellano fan, and just like your candy boy, if I can get 10 to 1 on Castellano, bet early and bet often, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely, uh, his preferred distance, uh, if you look at his lifetime record, uh, 9 Turf starts, three wins, three seconds, two-thirds. You look at his lifetime record, three wins, three seconds, and four-thirds. So uh, definitely uh, this uh, son of pulpit out of a Dyna former mayor uh, was uh, bred to go on the weeds. And, yeah, uh, if you do look back at the PPs, Javier Castellanos had the most success uh, in guiding Unitarian home. So uh, not a bad price horse at all. All well. I'm down to two minutes, Ed. And luckily, we're down to a race that, that that's kind of short. That looks like it has a heavy favorite in here. Real quick, we'll address the uh, the last tycoon. This is another race that's going to be run uh, uh, on Friday, mile and eighth on the turf at Santa Anita. The one to beat, Rookie Sensation. Seven of five looks awfully good, doesn't it, John? Well, I think so. I think it seems to be that the class of the field. It, it uh, uh, won the Twilight Derby at Santa Anita. Anita ran in uh, the, the Hollywood Derby last year. Throw out the Struve. Last race was very strong. The buyer numbers uh, right near the top. I got to think Fire with Fire is going to be his main competition. Uh, Neil Drysdale trained. Tyler Bay's in the saddle. That little fellow that's uh, between his ears uh, today, or excuse me, tomorrow, will be Mike Smith, winning 22% in 2014. In my opinion, this guy might be the best selective money rider. He's uh, he comes out of the dugout and, and or excuse me, comes out of the uh, the, the bullpen and, and he's and he's uh, he's had no warm ups and he can throw heat like nobody's business. I love to bet Smith on big money days. I love to bet him in big money races. Just I, I 
like uh, I can't call them old timers because he's in shape like nobody's business. But at seven to five, if, if I can get seven to five second time off a layoff for John Sheriffs and uh, Mikey Smith, John, th- this could be a single up and down for all you know multi race wagers. Seven to five, I'll take it. Four eighty. All right. And you heard it from Ed Meyer. That's right, the new track announcer, America's newest racetrack, Belterra Park, opening up for live racing on December 8th. Ed, great hearing your voice. I look forward to seeing you in person. Thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies. That's Ed Meyer. I also want to thank Jeff Perrin. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a slew of winners. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.